0: When I think about the loss of a loved one, an important question comes up. What if? What if my person was still here? Who would I be? What would I experience with them? What have I missed out on? What have I experienced because they're gone? How am I different? But all of that starts with, what if? What if? My guest today is someone that I got to explore what if the wonder and curiosity and knowing that your life has been changed because your person, how has their death made you and shaped you to be the person that you are today?
1: I work as a hospital chaplain and a pastor. You know, for me, definitely the experience of, of dealing with my mother's loss has played a role in Sort of the direction of my spirituality and my walk. It's, it's pretty instrumental, I think, to the work that I do. I'm pretty clear at this point that a lot of that comes from from that experience with mom.
0: While Marcus is a pastor and hospital chaplain, as he explained, I wanted to note that this podcast is not necessarily about religion, but instead sharing real stories of loss and change from who we were to who we are now. His story is one that we can relate to.
1: You know, I, I, I'm i sort of aware that I have not talked extensively with anybody about this. It's not something that I necessarily intentionally shy away from, but I think because, I don't know, because it's been so long or because I think I'm, you know, quote unquote, think I'm through it, it just doesn't come up very much. You come so this is probably the most extensive conversation I've had about her and that whole thing. And as I'm sitting here answering questions, I'm like, well, I really haven't thought about that or I haven't thought about it in a while. or It's almost like it got filed away. And so I'm sitting here like, that may not be a good thing.
0: This is Sorry to Hear That, a podcast for people trying to understand grief and loss. CJ Williams.
1: My name is Marcus and I'm here to talk about my mom, Brenda. She was pretty quiet, I guess you would say traditional. She dressed well and was very much about supporting and being supportive in the home. She definitely got animated when it came to matters of her children, so when she felt like she needed to advocate out of her school or anything like that she definitely uh, was energetic in those areas she was a very spiritual woman she had a couple of really really difficult illnesses for most of her life certainly all of mine those just kind of got worse as the years went on I think it was pretty evident that those things wore on her
0: what was the experience with your mom what happened to her
1: the long and short of it is, is heart disease. She had dealt with you know, MS and diabetes for years and years. She had three kind of whammies when you talk about just cardiovascular and then MS and diabetes.
0: When was the last time that you spoke to her?
1: So she was nonverbal at that point since the stroke. So... There was no two-way verbiage, but she was able to communicate in other ways that she could. And seeing that frustration was hard, too. And again, when you you talk about looking back and wondering, she's like, man, what, what kind of conversation would I love to have with her now?
0: So did you know that your mother was going to pass away?
1: I did at some point. I don't remember how soon it it was but i I felt in my heart I think the first you know, I was making my first hospital visit I sort of felt in my heart that that God was clearly saying look it's it's this this is gonna be over soon. the suffering is gonna is gonna end." Um, and I really, literally felt like I heard God say that and I just burst into tears. Um, so I felt like I knew it was coming and that worked for me and that helped me, of course, until, until you get to the grave site Then that, that, you know, I was relatively okay, like all the way time up, even during the funeral, I was pretty composed. And then the graveside service, the committal is just is where it just it just it went to hell. But I did feel like I knew it was coming and I felt like it was an act of God's beneficence because she had been so sick for so long and was so down about it. But yeah, I I, I did feel like I I knew it was coming and, and sort of that it needed to needed to take its course. I ended up stepping back, stepping off the wrestling team which was very, very hard for me to do. I just, I was just having a hard time. And that is one of my regrets. I wonder if I could have just, could have just fought through it, but it was, it was, it was tough. And again, it's like, uh, gosh, what, what, what would this be like if, uh, you know, this had been, you know, that event had been, you know, delayed a few years or had happened after college as opposed to, You know, right before, you know, it's just so many things just kind of like, hmm, you know, I really wonder what, what did, what would this have been like?
0: Marcus was in his senior year of high school when his mother died right before Christmas. Do you remember your senior year of high school? It was a lot. So then add in a death of a parent.
1: It all kind of happened in a time of my life where I was figuring myself out spiritually and obviously other ways your senior college stuff and you know just that real period of change and transition i think i was definitely growing in my spiritual journey anyway but the kind of closeness and comfort from god that i felt in that experience seemed to grow seemed to strengthen it it felt in that experience particularly after after her death and after the funeral and you know a lot happens when when it's all over and the visits stop and the cards stop and all of that um so i think in that period uh i continue to grow and it just it just it, it, i sensed a tug in that experience and a tug to share with others the love and comfort of god that i felt i had received and i feel weird about that sometimes because it, it you know it's you know, is this is, is this what was what it was supposed to be like? Is this what was supposed to happen with it? You know, did I get that right? Did I navigate this correctly? Especially years later now.
0: What do you think you could have been doing differently?
1: I don't know what I could be doing differently. I'm I'm confident that I would be quote unquote successful, whatever that means. That loss was so significant that it it. I mean, it really was you know, anyways, earth shattering and it is. For where I was, it was really, really substantial. You know, I've thought about that a lot, like what else would I be doing? It's a significant enough change that it alters kind of your course of, of action, you know, so I went to college After you know, the year after that, studying religion, planning to go into ministry. You know, I just I just kinda of wonder. I wonder what this would look like if things were different.
0: Who would I be if this was different? I like your word wonder. To me, I keep hearing when you say wonder, I also hear a little bit of intrigue. It's like sort of mysterious. What would have been behind door number two?
1: What could have happened? And then would I have more student loans or less? I mean, would I be richer or poorer? <laughs> you know, would I be? I mean, it's sort of like, I guess it's sort of like what they call it, the butterfly effect, like how you change one thing and you can and so many other things go differently. Um, I really think about that. I, I I do think about that. And where I am in my life now and in my ministry now, I certainly wish she was here. What is grief like? I remember learning in my professional training that grieving takes at least a year. And I think that's extremely important to remember. And I tell patients and families, I tell uh, congregants, you know, and I say it as, it as my intention in saying it is, don't feel like you have to rush this thing or don't even think that you can rush it because guess what? It's January. You ain't been through Christmas yet. So just kind of get ready, you know, get ready for the birthdays, anniversaries. So I think we need to recognize that it takes time sort of an acute or an active grief versus a more settled grieving. I think there's an important distinction to make there. But in that sense, the the grieving is never quote-unquote finished. I think you might be able to reach a point with it that, I use the term under control very loosely, but you got it in a place where you're able to sort of move forward in other areas. Not everyone gets to that point. But I do think it's a misnomer to say that we grieved in a sense of we completed that project like it's done uh, we did it and it's over so I think the grief just sort of moves through phases or stages or manifestations so that's just sort of my way of really really active I'm crying I'm, I'm thinking about it I, you know I'm struggling I can tell I'm struggling versus the kind of grief that may be the opposite you know it's still there you know, like for me, it's, it's still there. I only notice it sort of when it's triggered or awakened or again, moments I'm w- wondering about, you know, thinking about my life course. What's next? What could I be doing? Where, where should I be now? What should I be doing? Those can be moments of, of grief triggered for me as well. So but for the most part, it's pretty dormant. Even with Mother's Day, it's it's not as active as it used to be I think because it's just I just have so much going on as a pastor on Mother's Day so maybe I don't know I think this past Mother's day I maybe cried for like 20 seconds and then that was that was kind of it uh, which which is weird to say in itself uh but that's just kind of where it is right now uh, but I'm aware that when it gets triggered I don't know if others would find that helpful I think I think that's the reality that we all kind of have to uh, to come to again, especially in light of a of a culture that generally says, You know, why are you why are you still grieving that was a year ago, or why are you still grieving mm-hmm. that was a decade ago or whatever it is. It's like, nah, man, we're not <laughs> you know this ain't something you just kind of finish and check off, you know like a to-do list. it's 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 gonna stay with you, and you got to know that
0: having been without your mother for seventeen years especially when Marcus had lost her. I mean, he lost her sort of in the beginning of his life. He was about to make his way as an adult and go to college. As I thought about this a little further, I asked him, what's his mother's day like? It's been a long time. Is it different from mine, which really feels very sad and a long day? Does he have that sort of feeling too?
1: Oh, Mother's Day has been the worst day for years. It's just been awful. Since starting as a pastor three years ago, it's been a little, it's been less acute because I've got so much other stuff to focus on. And, you know, for a pastor, Mother's Day is, you know, the biggest day of the year, second to Easter. So there's a lot of other things my mind is on. I thought I had done my mourning. I thought I had done my grieving. You know, I I cried. I let it out at the time but the reality is it's sort of come back and in some sense that was shocking and even over the last few years uh thank god for therapy you know in times when you talk to people and it's like oh gosh is that is that a mom thing like there's still mom stuff that's coming up like oh my gosh and uh just realizing that the you know the grieving is not done if there's ever any such thing as finishing your grieving but you know, I sort of thought, all right, that was where I was and I've been through it and I'm good, but no. You know, just how, again, how much different would it be? How much stronger would I be? How much more confident could I be? I mean, you list of questions. You know, what would it be like if I still had mom? And of course, that's not to say that dad isn't great, but I think you also grow and you realize, you know, there's there's a unique ministry to dad and there's a unique ministry to mom and they you know in in theory or ideally work together work in tandem when one of those is gone you know you can feel some kind of way and you know we have all the oh all the surrogate mothers we thank god for the surrogate mothers and, the aunties and all of that that's cool and there is still nobody like mom mom so I think emptiness would be too strong. whole might be too strong, but something feels like it's almost incomplete.
0: Do you think your mom's proud of you?
1: I think so. Um, and, uh, you know, people remind me of that all the time, which, you know, it's tough. She, you know, she never heard me preach. She never, you know, again, all those things that, you know, she quote unquote missed, but I I think she would be, would be very, very proud of what I've accomplished and what I'm doing with my life. And And I think I need to sort of stop and really think about that. And remember that.
0: What would you talk to her about? What would you ask her if she was in front of you today?
1: You know, there's so much, I mean, everything from dating to money to church I mean, there's just so many things. Probably every facet of my life, I would I would try to touch upon, because I mean, I have to go off to college without her and get through college and grad school and ordination. I mean, there are so many significant life events too that that's kind of like, oh man. Uh, but there are times where I do go to the gravesite and and I just kind of talk as if she were there. strength of the community's support didn't, like, die off, but it definitely changes, you know, and it's like I tell my congregants all the time, you know, the time that the church really needs to be the church is the week after the funeral and the months after the funeral when people just kind of, especially in our American culture, they go back to work, they go back to their normal lives, and sort of the culture dictates that you just, you know, grieve for a while and then get back to work kind of thing. I wouldn't say the support ever really completely died off. I mean, there are still people who very much uh, honor her and support us um, in her honor. You know, I think it's, it's just kind of how it goes. You know, people—not necessarily that they forget—but you know, everybody's moving on to the next thing, and uh, you're still grieving, and your grief may still be very active. But you know, folks kind of go back to their lives. Yeah, that can be challenging, especially if you're sort of not ready for that or not expecting that. You know, people don't grieve the same. People don't grieve the same things. And the best thing to do, as I've said in many sermons, is just to be listening and empathetic rather than trying to assume you understand. But then again, the way people are in our society and culture, sometimes it's like, oh, what are you, what are you crying about? You know, come on, cheer up, champ. You know, they're trying to rush you to, to feeling better. And it's just like, no, it don't, it don't, it don't work that way. Nor should
0: it. Marcus's final words for today were, nor should it. And the reality is, is that he is onto something there. He told me that he hates hospitals. It's funny because he's a hospital chaplain. He hates the smell. He hated the look. He hated everything about it. And then one day he realized that that was the place that he really needed to be. Realities are, as he equated them to the issues that his mother had to deal with for so long. But after getting his calling, going to college, heading to graduate school twice... And now in his second church as an ordained minister, he goes into that hospital and he goes and supports those families that are grieving, that are missing their loved one. He does this with the full remembrance of what it was and what it is like to be missing an important piece in your life. One of them being his mother, Brenda. This podcast is created, produced, and edited by me, C.J. Williams. I'd love if you could take a moment to rate and comment about the show on your favorite listening app, whatever it may be. It really does help a lot. The biggest compliment, of course, would be for you to share your favorite episode with others. Visit the website, sorrytohearpodcast.com. There you can get show notes, sign up for the newsletter, and donate. It'll be much appreciated. I'll see you again in two weeks. I'm C.J. Williams. And this is sorry to hear that.